Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this is part two of the brilliant conversation with the extraordinary Alistair Brownlee. And in part two of the episode, Alistair gives his predictions for the Tokyo Olympics, and he discusses how the sport of triathlon has changed over his years in the sport. We discuss the duel between Jan Frodeno and Lionel Sanders, and he gives us his prediction on who he thinks is going to win. We end with some fun, rapid-fire questions. Now, before we go on, I just want to say a special thank you for listening to the show and also a special thank you for sharing it. And any feedback you have for me is also really appreciated. You can support the show by, yes, sharing it on your social platforms and or you can support the show's partners, Athletic Greens, Form, Form Swim Goggles, and Hyperice products. You can't go wrong with any of them. Um, and by supporting them, you are supporting the show. I hope you enjoy part two um, as much as I did. Alistair is just absolutely brilliant. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. A quick mention of the show's partners. These are all great companies and products that I use daily. If you want to support the show, you'd be doing me a massive favor by supporting these brands. You can get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. A quick reminder to do yourself a favor and sign up to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens also makes a great gift for any family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you swim, you need the Form Smart Swim Goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off or you can use code Greg2021 at checkout. I want to discuss the Olympics um, coming up. Tokyo Olympics, the British men only had two spots um, on the starting line. How does it feel for you to be left on the sidelines for these Olympics? Well, yeah, that's, I think um, it was a, it's been a really tough two or three months. I went from being in a place where uh, I was actually really fit um, and kind of believing that it, you know, I was in a, a really good place to actually compete after uh after some kind of ups and downs over over the last few years to getting uh, this injury out of nowhere. So the, the last three months were really kind of tough and the, the last few weeks have been um, kind of a relief to get over it and, and move on in lots of ways. So, yeah, actually, uh, at the moment, as it stands, I'm actually really looking forward to um, being on the, on the side of the course and uh, watching the race. And um, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic race to watch. Yeah, are you so you're going over to Tokyo? Are you commentating, or are you, you? What's the plan? No, I'm actually going. Uh, I'm uh, in the in a, an election, um, and I'm a candidate for the IOC Athletes Commission. So I'm uh, campaigning and canvassing for votes in the election, and I'm, I'm going as part of that, which is really cool and exciting. Um, and that'd be great if that's the kind of next chapter of uh, my sporting career. 
Wow. Okay. So how do we help you out in that? <laughs> uh, uh, well, firstly, if you're a, a, a triathlete going to the Olympic Games and you think it's suitable, um, obviously, please vote for me. Uh, I'll be a passionate advocate for the, the Olympic movement. Absolutely. You can probably tell with everything I say, the effect that um, the Olympics has had on, on my life, um, right back from staying up late in the night as a 12-year-old to uh, watching Sydney um, and you know, that inspiring me and motivate to, to train, even though I, I didn't believe in a million years I'd ever go to one Olympic. So um, massive effect on me seeing my sport in the Olympic Games as a 12-year-old for the first time and also being a, a passionate advocate for triathlon in, in the Olympic Games in the coming years um, and, and trying to affect decisions at uh, advocating and representing athletes of the Olympic movement is something I'm um, really excited about the prospect of doing um but if you're a, a, a athlete in any of it you know just yeah i think first off encouraging athletes to vote normally you get quite a lot big percentage of the athletes voting in these elections with covid restrictions it might be a bit tricky so um encouraging mm. people to vote and second <laughs> hopefully encouraging people to vote for me if you think <laughs> it's appropriate <laughs> but so so it's just the olympic athletes and they vote when they get to Tokyo or whatever. Um, yeah, so every, yeah, every athlete at the Olympics has the ability to vote. Um, most people are going to vote in the village uh, at the dining room. So as you call in to get your breakfast, it's just 30 seconds and um, a, there ticket, you go. <laughs> a ticket to the ballot. Um, and yeah, anyway, every athlete has, uh, there's 30 candidates from all around the world in all different sports. Um a lot of the candidates are from the big sports of athletics and aquatics, but you can only vote from one candidate for one sport and you get four options. Um, so, yeah, by encouraging people, for me to be one of those four options is fantastic. Um, and, yeah, being from a small sport of triathlon with 100-odd a, a participants, um, going up effectively big, against big sports uh, like athletics, you've got 1,900 uh, athletes um, and some real world stars in sport people like Paul Gasol is an NBA basketballer from he's a Spain candidate um, yeah it's, mm. it's quite a challenge but um, we'll see mate just give away a free book at the dining house just everybody that walks in just stand there giving signed copies of your free book you'll be all set yeah that's a great idea um, unfortunately it's against the rules <laughs> <laughs> oh is that bribery yeah oh, <laughs> so let's talk about the actual race uh, the triathlon um, firstly the men um, predictions podium have you got uh, any thoughts yeah I think firstly um, it's really wide open um, it's really unpredictable, really wide open. Obviously, I think the general competition is wide open at the moment, um, but I think the conditions um, and the conditions of the Olympics itself always make that even more unpredictable. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 um, I think it's really hard uh, to see past, uh, you know, I think Vincent has been so consistent, uh, Vincent Louis over a long period of time, um, I, uh, I, yeah, I think it's hard to see past him. Um, and he seems to have that, uh, he has that ability to, um, you know, control the outcome of the race, which I think is so important in Olympic Games. Um, and, you know, he'll do that to, to try and win the race in the way that suits him. Um, I think, uh, I think we'll definitely see, I'm really optimistic that we'll see one or two British guys on the podium. I think, yeah, Alex is fantastic and um, 
I think his race in Leeds was a genuine step forward to be like a contender. So, you know, he's a genuine contender after that performance in in my eyes um, and think he can be up there. Um, and I think Johnny is in a great place if he can get it get it right. It, I think he's as, actually as fit as he's ever been. He's doing his preparation as diligently as ever. Um, and he, he, he can be there. He's, in the, he's without a doubt in the physical position to be there. Um, so yeah, I'm optimistic with that. And then I, I think there's a load, there's a, a ton of other guys. Um, this is the politician's answer, isn't it? There's a, there's a ton yeah, you're of doing well. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're giving a, me a pretty strong podium there, and, and yeah, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, and yeah, I think there's a, a handful of other guys. I think who uh, are equally likely to be there. Um, I think Tyler Mitchell Shook. Uh, uh, you know races as as I kind of like what he's done I really like the fact he's committed to the conditions of the race and preparing for those in terms of the heat and, and watching that so yeah mm-hmm. I expect to see him do well um I think Christine Blumenfeld couldn't and should be there so he's another one and but then there's you know there still really is I think unlike any other Olympics that I've been involved with I'd say there's another handful of guys who have got really good outside chance it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at the Belgium athletes and then you, yeah. you know, you still, Javier Gomez, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, should, I don't know. I haven't mentioned him. Yeah. Well, I, it's, he, can nobody always, he can always nope. do it when he needs to. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got Javier Gomez and Mario Mola from Spain mm-hmm. and, and Alaza. I mean, that, that Spanish team is incredible. Um, it really is. It's so, I think out of all the games we've looked at, I think, you know, going into Rio, um, I think you, you know, I know this doesn't, I think you were still somewhat of a, a favourite, uh, mm-hmm. and you were a favourite for London, and it was kind of you and Johnny and, and Javier, and then kind of everybody else in both of those Olympics. This one, oh, it's just going to be fascinating. I um, and like you said, the the conditions, you know, if they get a a really hot 35, 40 degree day with the humidity, which is likely in you know that time of year in Tokyo, um, flat and technical. It, it really is going to be, you know, we, you mentioned Ty, Tyler Mislachuk from uh, from Canada. He's raced in Mexico this past couple of weeks ago where it almost seemed like the heat and humidity didn't affect him at all. Um, and going into a race in Tokyo, if you can have that, not only physiological that he's got side, but he's got, he'll now have the confidence mentally to give it a good crack um, and zero fear of, of the conditions. Um, but it is, it's going to be fascinating. And, uh, I'm glad you put Johnny in there because I think, you know, he's gone bronze, silver, I think gold. Work. I mean, Nino Schurter did that with the mountain biking. Uh, he went, he went bronze, silver, gold. He finally got gold in Rio. So, you know, potentially Johnny, it looks good, mate, on, on paper. I think I look fantastic. Um, but yeah, now the women, what are your thoughts on the, on the women? Yeah, I, I think the women's is actually equally quite open. Um, <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think it's hard to see past a, uh, a an aggressive race which suits uh, Flora Duffy, Jess, and Georgia. Um, and throw uh, Taylor Nib in there. I think you got to. Yeah, I think throw Taylor Nib in there. Um, I know her swim is a little bit more hit and miss. Um, mm. and those guys, uh, and I know obviously then, um, you got Kingma who then did it in Leeds off that kind of, um, mm-hmm. off that kind of race. So throw her in the mix. Um, I, I think 
the Olympics tends to suit those kind of outcomes with it being actually quite a small field and in some ways a little bit of a weaker field. You know, you don't have five of some of the big countries there and that takes a little bit of those strength out the gaps that might fill the gaps. Um, and I think we that might just swing it in the uh, women's race. I think. I don't, don't know. Um, obviously. Uh, <laughs> these are all odds. Uh, and, yeah, so I think that's what we'll see happen. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I haven't seen, you know, some of the big kind of – I thought we might see some big improvements for people. I found thought we're mega talented, and they could be if they get it right. Um, uh, Cassandra Beaugrand from France. You know, I think she's mm-hmm. such a talent, and could see it, see her get it right potentially. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it's part of a lot of the reason we're talking about it and saying it's so open is we haven't seen people race that much, have we? Over the last, um, over the last nearly two years now, a year and a half. I know. We haven't actually seen Vincent Lewis really race this year, have we? I mean, what did he – did he do a race? Yeah, he raced in Yokohama and he did. fifth yeah, or sixth and yeah. didn't have yeah, the best yeah. kind of race. Um, but, yeah, first first early race, it's always going to be difficult doing that in, in Japan and whatever. Um, yeah, so it's really hard to predict off that. Um, Albeit, you know, that's uh, – you would have liked to have had a good race in your only race of the season for your own confidence, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. And okay, finally, uh, the mixed relay. <laughs> uh, the relay is fantastic, isn't it? Um, oh, I love yeah. it, mate. I, I've said on this show numerous times, it's almost, I'm almost more excited about that than I am the individual. And it's not to say I'm not really excited about the individual. I just, I just, I wish we could have had that when I was going 25 years ago, whatever. And I, I just think yeah. it's brilliant. I wish I had it when I was going a few years. Yes, I know. I thought that might have been a reason you were going to get put on the mm-hmm. team, but um, you know, with your injury and everything, it wasn't the case. But um, so, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, um, I mean, I, I think in some ways that's less open. I, I, it's really hard to see past France as the overwhelming favourites for that. They've just mm-hmm. got a really robust team. And, um, it doesn't matter, you know, if you have Vincent or uh, Dorian Connix on the last leg. I don't think mm-hmm. there's many people who can beat them, and it's tough. Um, both fantastic over that distance and fantastic at swim, bike, run with a relatively robust team to get there. Uh, I think it's hard to see past them. And then I think the podium, I think, will be made up probably um, of the now it gets difficult. Uh, I think the Brits are going to be there for sure. I think there's the US. Uh, I think there's the Australians. I think they're probably the main guys. Then with some other guy, you know, quite a lot of other teams thrown in the mix. Um, but I think that's probably where we're going to see the main competition. Yeah, I think uh, the US and the Brits are, are going to be pretty strong, um, mainly because they've got really outstanding women. Um, mm. And not to say they don't have outstanding men either, but I, uh, you need to have, make sure that those two women can really be I, I feel like the differences between the women are still – greater than they are between the best men. I think the differences we're talking with the best men are anywhere from five to 10 seconds. Whereas with the best women, we're looking at more like that five to potentially 20, 25 mm. seconds. Yeah, so, I agree. It basically gives you more opportunity to do mm. more on the women's legs. I think is the, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but I think, I think you've, I think you and I agree on that. I think it, it is probably the French's race to lose <laughs> they have won the last few world titles coming in as well so they're um yeah i think it's going to be really just exciting um 
all around. Are you going to get to, I mean, are they allowing you to go watch events and everything while you're over there or what's the, what's uh, going to be like attend, or you don't know yet? Yeah, no, I can attend certain events. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I can definitely attend events of my own sport. So I'll be there on the side of the course. <laughs> Oh, you're a lucky man. Yeah. Awesome. Now let's, I just want to move on to just talk about triathlon as a whole. Um, you know, last time we, you were on, we talked very much about your career and, and how you got going, but I guess looking, you know, you've been in the sport, like you said, since you were 12 and you're now 33. So 21 years, much of that at the top, top, top of the world. How have you seen it change this past couple of decades? And if we look specifically at the athletes have you have you watched the athletes evolve i mean being that you've been basically leading the way um have you seen that change i think uh it's really difficult to talk about like the generalizations of direction of travel um because i think we've seen kind of slowly you know kind of ups and downs and changes i, I think we've seen eras um where it's been more swim bike focused and we've seen areas where it's been less swim bike focused and more run focused. Um, and, and that's a change. Yeah. I think, um, in general, you know, in my, my really first part of the career, it was probably a little bit less swim bike focused and more run focused. And then that kind of switched up a, a little bit and in general then became more bike focused and has maybe swung back a bit over the last few years, but the bikes still tend to be, relatively on and that's a kind of kind of route of challenge and I kind of swim similar things in the women I think you saw it maybe a bit more swim bike focused then a bit less and then um there seems to be a bit more swim bike focused now in terms of the how the races um are raced um but in terms of the athletes themselves um yeah you I think you just see athletes come along over time and it's a bit of the chicken and, and the egg. I, I think it's really difficult to tell whether athletes are the product of kind of the general tactics or the tactics, the products of particular athletes, actually. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, we've seen kind of athletes, uh, come and go. And yeah, I, I think in, it's really hard to look at specific changes to say whether, things are faster or not things are more aggressive or not the bikes are harder or not the runs are faster or not or whatever um yeah it'd be fantastic to put that in context i'm just not sure you can is there any athletes that stand out to you that affected your career more than others anybody that's taken you to beyond where you thought you could go yeah i mean 100 percent javier um when mm. for a lot of years for a long time um world series in and out i was racing him every single week uh sometimes and a lot of the time we had a lot of very close races and sometimes we had not so close races he won by miles or i won by miles um and because we were both similar and that we could both swim bike and run uh we um we uh yeah we had lots of close races um and between javier and, and um Johnny, that was, uh, you know, for a lot of my career, the people, I guess, I, I raced the most. Um, mm. Mm. And, yeah, I, th I think he's had an incredible career to basically he was winning races before I was competing at a world level. And, um, you know, he's, he's still doing really well now and, and might still win at the Olympic Games level. We don't know. And, yeah, incredible. A quick mini break to remind you of the show's incredible partners. 
You can get 10% off all Hyperize products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. A quick reminder to do yourself a favor and sign up to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens also makes a great gift for any family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you swim, you need the Form Smart Swim Goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off or you can use code GREG2021 at checkout. It's fascinating, isn't it? I had him last week on the on the show and um, I don't think anybody's won more races than him. Do you? I mean, because the guy races and races and races over this since 2005. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? I mean, you've won the big ones, don't get me wrong, and I put you guys in the same kind of grouping at the very, very top there, but he seems more like the jockey. <laughs> he, just, mm-hmm. he just keeps racing and, and, uh, and he wins a lot. I don't know. Haven't added it up, but I think he's he's won a lot of races. Um, I yeah, I agree. I think um, over a long period of time, a lot of races, and um, yeah, I don't know what you put it down to, but I, I think when you you know you look at him, obviously super talented athlete across um, swim, bike, and run, um, hard worker, but super professional. You know, in terms of racing, looking after himself, uh, having the best possible. I think team around him all those kind of things is probably the reason why well i think one of his big talents is his his resiliency i think he's very resilient i think he can he can take the work he's he's quite biomechanically sound he's built Mm -hmm. strong um so he's got that to me is when we talk talent that's a bonus when you have those things you know and so he's able to turn up often um and he's obviously like you tremendously passionate and and motivated um to win and race often. Um, all right, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Jan and Jan Fredino and Lionel Sanders got this thing coming up, the tri battle. What are your thoughts on this? You think it's good for the sport? Yeah, I think that kind of thing's fantastic. Um, yeah, I can completely, I completely see where they're doing it. Obviously there's a relatively limited amount of racing at the moment. Um, they want to race, and they, they, they thought, right, well, let's do it. There isn't a suitable way of doing it that's kind of provided for us at the moment. Um, let's do it in our own way. And, um, yeah, I think it's a great idea taking on that almost uh, boxing-esque approach to triathlon of, um, yeah, let's promote our own race and have a one-on-one and um, do it on our own terms when we want to do it. And, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's really great for the sport. I just generally believe um for triathlon uh, uh, the the more different ways of people competing that capture people's imagination the better who do you think's going to win it oh, i think jan's gonna gonna win it relatively <laughs> 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 easily <laughs> i know i i i'd be hard pressed uh, i know there's a lot of lionel fans um but um, i mean look in fairness to lionel he's been very upfront look jan's the best at the moment I want to take on the best. So it's, mm. you know, it makes perfect. I can't wait to see 
when you get over your injuries and everything, we see you throwing your hat in that ring and going, okay, guys, um, I, that's what I'm really looking forward to. And maybe Javier come along and join you. And all of a sudden, boom. Um, but I, th- I think potentially doing these dual type races, and I know the Collins Cup, you know, the PTO um, that's on in August, uh, they're doing more that head-to-head style of racing. And I, I think that that could add some drama to the sport. I think, you know, I think as fans, we're all on the sidelines. Uh, anything is is good for us these days, especially with a year off. Um, I think just to have any big time racing, I think we're all like excited about, um, you know, on that, you know, moving on from the Olympics now, um, is it about Ironman and, and how are you going to approach Ironman? Yeah, for me, it's, um, completely about long distance triathlon from, um, now on. Uh, and obviously it's something I've, I've done little bits of in the past. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing more of, um, what's my approach to it? Uh, I guess a combination of training hard um, and effectively, as I've done before, maximizing all the technological uh, advantages that I can, um, fastest bike, most aerodynamic uh, position that I possibly can, fastest trainers now, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and, and something I, I feel like I've, hopefully they learn about a lot uh, i've just picked up a lot of what i needed to pick up um for to um to be successful now you know i raced in kona it was really my first proper ironman um and then by the time i raced uh, a, a month later in australia I, I feel like i kind of mostly nailed um a, a, an approach to ironman in terms of a, a preparation for it and my strategy pacing nutrition on the day um and yeah thankfully i've got that uh in the bank and i've done it and yeah i'm really looking forward to applying that to um yeah top level competitive racing oh i can't wait to see you what 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 do you think you're missing when it comes specifically to kona is it all around the nutrition and the hydration or heat what what is it i think ultimately is a combination of lots of things i uh, i was in a really good place in that race i thought i'd prepared well and i think in a lot of ways physically i had um i was in a place to run a really really good marathon um and yeah and uh, yeah i think um i was trying to treat it like kind of any other race around that i think yeah maybe if i used to say exactly what did i miss i think one was having a really nailed on nutrition strategy. Um, second was the res- pacing and pacing obviously includes lots of things in terms of, yeah, how hard you're going well, but respect for the conditions is, is definitely part of that. Um, and so getting that right. And yeah, I, you know, I was feeling really good pushing on after a puncture, those kind of things. They're kind of things that, yeah, maybe I didn't have the respect for that I needed for. Um, the preparation for the conditions um yeah you know i thought go train somewhere get hot i think that kind of heat and humidity part of it and in the process of getting ready ready for that and then looking at preparing for tokyo i, I i've done loads of work in heat and preparing for that and how to prepare to be the best situation for that so hopefully i've gone mm. a long way into um learning what i need to do to be best prepared for that as well mm. so i think those three are are probably the main the main things um that I, that I need to get right for next time and you you mentioned technology and things are you using i mean i've got one on my arm 
right now um it's a blood glucose monitoring are you doing that kind of work just to to see what sort of fueling is going to be work best for you i yeah i've experimented with everything pretty much <laughs> over, over a period of time uh but experimenting with things for me uh means combining my anecdotal real life experience with scientific literature for validation and contextualizing all of that and, and deciding whether to carry on and, and use things um and uh, yeah general rule of thumb i've had for everything in my career uh is, is yeah you know try something have an open mind um collect information but if the information doesn't change what i do tomorrow um there's no point collecting the information uh and so yeah and so around the the blood glucose thing i think that is something that is actually really valuable um to do in the right way and uh yeah i think i'm a nutrition um i think it's more about preempting it actually uh of having a really solid for me of having a solid strategy of taking in the right amount of nutrition at the right time in the the most effective form that you can to maximize your blood glucose input uh for, for your muscles obviously um and so yeah i've been doing work on that recently actually since i had a bit of time pre-surgery of um looking at the how effective uh, carb burner i am and, and what's the um most effective carbs i can metabolize that kind of thing um yeah the the science of it is something that i'm uh, obviously fascinated in and um it always will be it's funny you're a bit of an enigma because i always thought of you before our conversations as this bullet at gate type mentality you're the way you raced, the way you trained, I always thought, and maybe you were in your younger years, I don't know, but now with maybe with maturity or maybe who it was always who you were, you come across as an intelligent man that is um, enjoys the science and enjoys trying to find ways to do things better. Um, do you think you've changed or, or, or was that my misconception of you um, <laughs> as a younger athlete? Uh, well, I'd like to think it as a at least in part a misconception <laughs> i um I, you know I, I i was really through before sport first and foremost an academic really i um yeah did science at school got the highest possible grades went on to study medicine at cambridge um and yeah i mean uh yeah i was a uh an academic who was fascinated with the human body before I was a successful athlete. Um, mm. And so I've kind of uh, kept abreast of the science around uh, obviously human performance as, as the number one thing that's ever interested me from, from an early age, you know, but I learned about stuff at school because I, so I could learn about more about the human body. Um, I've followed the, the kind of science and, and enjoyed that. Um, but at the same all, all along worked hard to contextualize it um, and, and try and work out ways of applying it to myself in the most effective way. Um, I think maybe at times I definitely uh, yeah, didn't um, didn't communicate that. And sometimes that was on purpose, to be honest, in a way of uh, so people didn't understand that, you know, would just see me as a bullet in a china shop. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's great. I think that that is a perfect disguise. Um, who do, who do you think talking about sports and after you you know we we talked about your book? Um, is there a greatest of all time athlete in your mind? Is there anybody that stands out to you um, 
in, in the world of sport that you just go, they're the greatest athletes on the planet? As in, as in one particular athlete or as in a sport that is Let's the ultimate? You, you can do both. We can start broad by doing picking a sport and then you can pick one athlete if you want. Uh, so um, I'm uh, a, you know, it's been about Olympic sport for me, for my um, life. And I think it is really hard in Olympic sports um, to see past um, Michael Phelps. Um, not at obvious for the obvious reason, the big massive gold medal obvious reason but um i i i love the story of uh struggling and, and coming back uh, i think in triathlon we all know how competitive and tough swimming is as a sport you know it's it's a pretty wildly done sport competitive across most of the world um where you've got thousands of kids hundreds of thousands of kids in every developed nation training their asses off from being 10 years old 10 times a week uh and to be that dominant in that sport i think is is incredible um and so i love that i i'm very aware that i'm uh, very endurance sport focused um and so uh, the other place i'd go to is uh, probably cycling and and athletics um i, I think in um in athletics I don't think Mo Farah gets anywhere near the plaudits he deserves to win uh, Olympics twice, two gold medals twice in the most, you know, the, the most intriguing kind of difficult of Olympic events in the 5 and 10K, which literally every man, uh, woman in the world can pick up and train to run 5K if they want. There's something incredible about that. Um, what's the most impressive sport? So on one hand, I'm incredibly, I'm impressed by anything that I can't, do in any shape or form so and that, and that involves anything that basically isn't an endurance sport uh and i categorize those into anything with hand-eye coordination um useless that any of your friends will tell me i can't catch and my friends will tell me i can't catch a ball and they're very true uh so yeah incredible levels of skill um anything that involves that uh impresses me a lot and that's actually anything yeah you're fascinated by gymnastics and and team sports you know you learn from the book talking about uh Ronnie O'Sullivan um and I think tennis probably stands out in in that form um always been slightly more than slightly obsessed with uh the era we are in tennis with Federer and Nadal and Djokovic especially Federer of just doing it uh so consistently over such a period of time um and it seems at the moment for, for nothing else apart from loving it um and and then the last thing i'd say is that team dynamic in sport again something that i completely don't understand and something i try to understand in the book um in that i stood on the start line knowing there's a fantastic of supportive people behind me uh, that helped me get to the start line but ultimately win or lose uh it was my fault and responsibility and if i lost it was my fault and if i won it was down to me and um that's how i kind of needed to process things yeah, and I, I struggle so hard on a on a football pitch or whatever rugby, uh, American football, whatever people look at uh, and follow that I would could be working, you know, putting everything I could into a, a competition and still relying on um, teammates to do that. You just find it so frustrating. So, yeah, take my complete hat off to people who managed to uh, perform in, in those situations. So and I think that's one of the things the book did really open up that um 
fascination and uh, ability to to look into other sports. I think I think the book, yeah, like you talked about with the the team side of things, and uh, I thought that was fascinating with a lot of the athletes, and, and um, they were all okay with it. You know, the, it was we're all in it together, and you know, <laughs> and it was almost you left it reading some of that, going, oh, that would have been really cool to have that real. <laughs> team camaraderie that in an individual sport yeah we do have our team and we surround ourselves with with the right people but having somebody performing alongside you i mean i guess you some degree had johnny a little bit i don't know um you're still individuals and like uh like i mentioned earlier when we were going through the book you were still ruthless against each other but it was having that a little bit i guess you guys got um i want to end with just some questions um the first one, um, what is one tip that you can give for people on just how to optimize their lives? Is there anything that stands out to you? Yeah, and it's a really boring one, consistency. Um, Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's uh, everyone I spoke to for the book project and me, myself, it, there's just so much value in life in uh, knowing what you're doing when you get up in the morning, uh, doing that, taking great pleasure in um, the repetitiveness of doing simple things really well. Mm-hmm. Great answer. Um, and if you could sit down and have a coffee with any living person, who would it be and why? I mean, you've already, you've done the book, but is there anybody else in um, that you would love to just sit down and have a conversation with? Yeah, uh, I. Um, it, it would probably be in uh, the political sphere now. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I've been fantastic. It's been great to speak to uh, loads of um, uh, loads of great sports people, and that's something I'd like to do more of in the future. Um, but yeah, politics. Uh, if you put me on the spot entirely, who, um, whoever you say in this, you're going to get loads of people hating. <laughs> hating. No, not at all. Don't be silly. Um, I've had several people mention Biden. Obama. I don't think anybody's mentioned Trump. Maybe mm, yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that, that would take some guts, wouldn't it? But anyway, it definitely wouldn't be. It definitely wouldn't be Trump. It actually, it would. It'd be some combination. Um, in Britain, we haven't had any uh, particularly standout prime ministers, but uh, yeah, I'd love to sit down and talk to actually our current one, um, Boris. But if mm-hmm. uh, the combination of that um, and actually, I've just read. I, I read loads of books trying to read a book a week i've recently read obama's autobiography and um one of the best but for someone who doesn't really like autobiographies um that's one of the best books i've i've read Hmm. interesting we'll have to go check it out Mm. um but all good ones mate i think i i can understand why you choose all of those ones now i want to finish up here we go these are 12 fun rapid fire questions which i've started doing which i really enjoy um so you happy to do that yep let's go all right here we go what were you doing right before this conversation? I was on another interview. <laughs> oh, get out. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> All right. Two, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Uh, to really make the most uh, and enjoy every kind of high in sport. Mm-hmm. Good. And okay, you read a book a week. What's the last book you read or the book you're reading right now? Uh, I'm reading um, a couple of books. I'm reading something by Black Swan by, um, can't say his name. He's called Nicholas Taleb. He's an um, economist. Mm-hmm. Um, the book before that, 
what was the last thing? Oh yeah, I've been I've been dipping in and out of uh, Obama's autobiography. Um, I've what else have I been reading? Um, Ten thing. Oh, another book called Ten Things We Don't Know. I think is the title, which is just about kind of things that around that we see in the world around us. But um, yeah, we we don't immediately kind of understand. Mm, I like it. I'll put those in the show notes, everyone. Uh, what's the largest animal you could wrestle to the floor? Uh, a really small one, because um, I'm really not very strong. So I don't know, a small dog. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Outside of being a triathlete, what would you do for a day? Now it would be, um, I still love being active. Um, so on the chance of doing something for a day, it would be, uh, like gravel riding or mountain biking or a long run right out in the, in the Yorkshire's. <laughs> okay. Which decade of music is best? Nineties. Anything in particular stand out? Yeah, I just got a um, for some. It must have been like my formative years of music or something, because it's all about Britpop and Oasis and yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, um, if you had if you won a hundred million dollars tax free, how would you spend it? It actually wouldn't change my life. Uh, I would still be trying to be the best triathlete I can be. I'd pay off some debt, really boring stuff. Mm -hmm. uh give plenty of money to um uh some the the foundation to spend on uh more kids doing triathlon for in our foundation about uh 10 pounds so whatever a few more dollars um pays for a kid to do a triathlon the first ever triathlon come for a day and do a triathlon experience and go away with bits of equipment and stuff so um that's a lot of kids doing triathlon in the uk (laughs) Brilliant. I'll put that in the show notes. So I'll just look up. Can you send me a link or I'll find it? Yeah, just, just the, yeah, the foundation, yeah. Perfect, perfect. I like that, mate. Well, Javier Gomez said last week that he's going to give, I think he said 50 million of it to back to professional triathletes for prize money. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> Between the two of you, with your foundation with the kids and Javier yeah. giving it to the professional athletes, Gee whiz, we're in good hands. Yeah. Okay. If he'd, you had most of that back, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. If he races every weekend for the next twenty years, he's going to win. Right <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, okay. If you had a time machine, would you travel to the future or back to the past? Uh, just one or the other. That's a very ambiguous question. Yeah, I, it is. You know what? I'm going to take it out because a lot of people don't like this one. But give me your response anyway. Yeah, I, I travel to the future. Okay. Anywhere in particular? Anywhere or when? Um, when I guess any when. I, yeah, so I should, yeah, I don't think actually too far. I'm thinking like probably a, a, a distance that's kind of interesting, like 25 years or something, without it being <laughs> so. You know, because if you travel hundreds of years, it's going to be so abstract you've got no idea what's going on <laughs> i love it uh okay um here's another a little bit trickier this one what lesson have you learned the hard way and uh how would you help others avoid that mistake or lesson if we want to get it um, anything that jumps out that you kind of were like Ugh. well yeah well i'd say you know looking after your body um to try and avoid injury but it's evident maybe i haven't learned that that well uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think one of the problems is you, you're always uh, you, you 
kind of dealing with a different body. So what one thing that worked last year doesn't yeah. work anymore with a yeah. body that's a year older. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it's really important um, to yeah to absolutely you know if a hundred percent conviction actually in, in what you're doing is um, the lesson that you know is it really while, when you're when you're really going after a goal have a hundred percent conviction in it um, you know endurance sport and sport in general at the top level isn't something you can have half a foot in the door in. I've loved that you've used that word conviction so many times and I think it's such a great word um, for going about it 100% all in. Um, okay, if you could describe yourself as an animal, which one would it be? <laughs> I would like to be, uh, yeah, I don't know, some kind of bird that was fast and, um, yeah, yeah. A, a, a small eagle, a kestrel. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. All right, uh, number one pet peeve? Um, Let's say doing interviews with Greg. Yeah, no. no I've got I've got a newfound uh, respect for interviewers, so we're okay. Um, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, pet peeve. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't really get bothered by that much. Uh, no, you can say pass. Yeah, yeah. No, but I do. It'd be yeah unrealistic to not have one. Um, yeah. I always use the example of standing at the baggage carousel and people hovering over the bags at an airport. It really pisses me off. Yeah, it's funny. It would be a little thing like that. It'd be, um, <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, people driving so too slow and dithering, like driving under, yeah. driving too much under the speed limit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> We're on it for a short time. Last question. Proudest moment of your life? Uh, that's. I can't separate them and it's winning the Olympics. Great answer. All right, buddy, this has been fantastic. Just quickly, what's next for you? Recover from this and get back training and goals for the end of the year, Kona? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, recover from this, uh, get back training, going to Tokyo, which is going to be brilliant to be on the other side of the fence and um, mm. yeah, train hard for long-distance goals later in the year. Mate. This has been absolutely fantastic. And I can't thank you enough for just coming on and just sharing so much. You, you book Relentless, um, which is out now. Um, I'm saying that even though we're pre-recording, but it is uh, by the time this episode comes out, it is out now. Do yourself a favor, everybody. Go grab that book. It's absolutely fantastic. So well written. Um, and, and just in, it's inspiring in itself. So go check it out. Um, Alistair. Mate, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, cheers. And everybody else, uh, you can see all the show notes and timestamps and coupon codes and everything at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Thanks again, Alistair. Stay on the line, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon. <laughs>